This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome back to the Careers in Review podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. I know that I always say that, but this time, you're in for a treat. Hi, Morgan, and welcome to the show, and I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Hello, Ediana. Hello, listeners. So excited to be here. My name's Morgan. I'm at Resume Official on TikTok. I've got a little over six years of HR experience now. Currently work in consulting, and then I work with job-seeking clients to rewrite their resumes. And let's see, what else? Got my bachelor's in HR, my master's in HR. I was one of those lucky kids in college that knew exactly what they wanted to do, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, definitely one of those lucky ones, because not all of us (laughs) are that lucky to go to school and find that job in the one thing that we went to school for and continue to do it years down the road. So tell us, like, why do you think that was? What was it that gave you that calling to go to school for human resources and stick to it? And now six years after, you're still doing it. Yeah. So it's funny. I actually went, I chose my school based off the major I had when I was in high school. I started off with gerontology, which is the study of aging, (laughs) because I told my parents, I want to coordinate all the events at a nursing home and I want to do all the hiring and the training. And then I mentioned that to someone that I knew maybe four or five weeks into my freshman year. And they said, why aren't you in HR? And I said, um, I don't know what that is. So I looked into that and very quickly got switched over. And I was always really passionate about psychology. I was really into math, really into business. And I feel like HR is really expansive and you can find a little bit of each of those three things in several sections of HR. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a very interesting switch. And I'm so glad that you (laughs) had somebody who overheard that conversation and introduced you (laughs) to HR. It's so funny. I don't even remember his name, so (laughs) but I'll have to thank him if I remember it. (laughs) Well, hopefully that person runs over our podcast interview and remembers you. Reaches out. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I know that you currently work in HR and you're all about resumes, which is one of the hot topics, which is why I wanted you to come into the podcast because I get so many questions about resumes every single day on my DMs, on my comments on my LinkedIn. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about why resumes? I mean, when it comes to the career search, the job search, human resources, there's so many areas that you could have picked for your side hustle for your business. Why resume writing? Well, I started off, I was working full-time in HR back in 2020, and I was also going to school part-time for my master's. So around March, 2020, I got a little bit concerned (laughs) about my income for obvious reasons. And I had been a recruiter for a year in college. So I decided, well, why don't I try taking a stab at resumes? You know, I was a high volume recruiter. So I saw just so many resumes and so many of them had the same mistakes just over and over and over again, the same simple things that could have been corrected. I was using Upwork to find just gig work. And originally I was looking to work with one-on-one clients. I got really lucky and I found a job posting from Indeed. And Indeed has a couple different resume writing services. So I started off with them doing resume reviews, and then I moved into resume consultations and resume writing. So it was super flexible, and I could do it even though I was in school and working full time. But also, I think it's a lot of fun to help out job seekers. Even with those Indeed reviews, it was just so 
quick and easy to hit record and start giving feedback. And even though it's quick and easy for me to give feedback, it's really impactful for them. And it means a lot more than those 10 minutes (laughs) to them. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So why don't you start by telling us what were the top five mistakes or even the top mistakes that you used to see on those resumes that were quote unquote easy to fix for you as a recruiter, but probably not easy to spot for those job seekers? Oh, yeah. I think the biggest one is just listing the responsibilities. It almost reads like a job description. And I just posted about this on LinkedIn today, actually. I always ask my resume clients now when we get on the phone, if they send me a resume that's really long with lots of bullet points already, I don't ask them anything else other than what are you proud of accomplishing at this job? And we start going through examples of that. And a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm really good at XYZ. I did so many different projects. And I'm like, nope, stop. (laughs) What projects did you do? What impacts did each of those have? So it's really about capturing your story rather than listing your job descriptions. I think the other one that I saw a lot on the Indeed resumes was using, I don't want to say cliche, but a very general objective where it just said, seeking this job because that's what I want. (laughs) And that's just not a great use of space on the resume. I would say listing soft skills is another big one. So putting communication, time management, trying to think of some other common ones I see, organization, detail-oriented. Those are things that everyone has on their resume. So you putting that on your resume is just, you're going to blend right in with the crowd. I would say four, this is for people maybe a year or two out of college that still have their education up top. And they really spend a lot of time on their education. So they're including like all the organizations they were in. They have what GPA they had. That's relevant when you're in school, not as much out. And I think the last one is just length. Not that there's any rules to one or two pages, but some people go way overboard (laughs) and just include way too much. And some people keep it really slim and don't include quite enough. Mm, Very interesting. I want to talk in depth about three things, which is skills, the bullet points, not having it to read like a laundry list of things. Oh, yeah. And objectives. Objectives are the hot topic because it's so interesting that even today in 2023, I still see resumes with objective statements, which is so mind boggling because sometimes I want to do content about them. It's like, oh, everybody knows this already. It's so basic. There's no way. (laughs) And then I get hit with a brand new resume that hits my desk. And I'm like, are you serious? What is this? this?" (laughs) So tell me why we need to get rid of objective statements once and for all. And on that same breath, what are your thoughts on executive summaries? I I am ashamed. I do like a summary. <laughs> saying they don't like them. I think it's really nice. The ones that I do are usually like two lines. You can pack them full of really powerful key phrases. You can put some good numbers up there. But an objective, instead of selling yourself to them, it comes off a little bargainy where you're like, please take me. (laughs) Instead of saying, here's why I'm good for this. And here's me setting myself up for success. You're saying, please help me. (laughs) Please pick me. Right. Like the pick me energy. Yeah. It's got pick me energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, also I'd like to add with the objective statement, the reason why it's dated or archaic, like I like to say, is that it doesn't really add any value as well. It's essentially saying, My objective is to land a role on XYZ. And the reason why that's just cringy, for lack of a better word, you know, I'm getting my Gen Z inside the cringy (laughs) word here. (laughs) It's that, of course, that's your objective. You're applying for the role. We do know that that's the objective is to land the role. So that's just counterintuitive 
to say that in there. And there's so much real estate that people are searching for when you're writing your resume, right? Which is the reason why people go on two, two, three pages, because they believe that adding more information is going to help. And sometimes that's not always the case. But I'm so happy that you mentioned that that's one of the mistakes that you are used to seeing is objective statements. But with that, the executive summary is interesting that you said that you're embarrassed to say that you like them. And the reason why I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, is because I think executive summaries are one of those things in resumes that are very much a personal preference. Very heavily debated, yeah. I've seen a lot of TikToks recently It's saying, like, get rid of the professional summary, get rid of it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you can if you don't want it. You don't need it, I guess. But I think it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that they're not part of the fundamental of a resume, but I believe, I know a lot of recruiters that like them. I personally like them because my bread and butter is career changers. And I think that they can add a lot of value for career changers. For career changers. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. I mean, (laughs) because when you're taking a look at a resume of a career changer, essentially their job titles might not make a lot of sense in the beginning when you're taking a quick skim at the resume. But if you add a executive summary, you can quickly give a snapshot as of why the qualifications would make sense for you to continue to read more. So if you're a good storyteller, you can essentially tell the person why they should take the time to read more, why you're interested in this role, why now, why this company, why this position, why does it make sense for this career changer who might lack a little bit of the direct experience? Why select them over somebody who has a linear path? That's why I believe that executive summaries could benefit you In this case, this is why I like them because I'm a career changer myself. I've changed industries a couple of times myself and they have benefited me. However, if you're somebody who has like a linear path that's like very clear as to why you're applying for this job and there's not a lot to explain, you can still add it. You can give like a super high level overview of like, you know, how many languages you speak, how many years of experience you've had, uh, the type of industries you've worked in, what's your bread and butter, like what is your area of expertise? And that way you can essentially entice somebody that want to read more. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite summaries I've ever written, it was for someone who... She had a bachelor's degree in social work. She'd been working in social work for maybe five years and she was looking to switch into UX, so user design. I think that is the coolest career change I've ever seen in my life. So we really focused on being in social work. She had a lot of experience working with uh, diverse audiences one-on-one. So we felt like in user experience, she would understand really how to make it for every single user rather than maybe someone who took a more traditional path doesn't have that hands-on experience that she had. So in her summary, we talked about her social work skills and how she would apply them to UX. And that is just a really, really great way to use it. Oh, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I know. I tell everyone about her. I think that's just the coolest. That's my favorite career switcher I've worked with. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I actually have somebody who I'm going to be mentoring soon. They have a background in social work and they're currently in the recruitment space and they want to switch into learning and development. So I think that that's a great way to take advantage of an executive summary, right? Like telling that story as to why they would like to switch into that space. And they were nervous at first, like, oh, I'm not sure if I, you know, have the qualifications. I'm like, what? You have amazing transferable skills. Like, we can definitely make that work. We just have to learn how to tell that story. 
Yeah, because you can't guarantee they're going to read your cover letter. <laughs> so putting it on the resume is your best bet. Exactly, which is where I make the sell for the executive summary. Because yeah, you absolutely would want to create a cover letter just to give that depth and make them go together. But I don't read cover letters. I'm sorry. I don't hate me. I I just <laughs> don't read them. <laughs> just don't read them. So I mean, I still teach people how to write them because I think that they can add value. And if you really want to work for a company that requires them, you want to have that muscle and you want to know how to do them. And I think that cover letters have an art to them. It can just be a regurgitation of your resume. It has to have like an oomph of people wanting yeah. to read them. Anyways, you know, we can talk about cover letters another time, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another, you know, itch that I have like, ugh, cover letters, yuck. <laughs> hey, career reviewer. I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. This usually go for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners. And I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review. Take a screenshot of that and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm gonna go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. I really wanna talk about bullet points as well because I think that's something else that people just and I, I've seen some of your videos too when people just go in the comments they come like Muhammad Ali for you like I don't have metrics I don't know what you're talking about like I only need to put you know my responsibilities like you guys just right. want too much from us blah 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 yeah so <laughs> why don't you <laughs> that was so accurate that was, that was fun yeah <laughs> I consume your content um <laughs> So why don't you tell us, like, what is your favorite way of explaining this to your clients? Like when you're trying to extract information from them to really help yourself in the writing process to create these bullet points, what's your behind the scenes process to create a bullet point that makes sense with the impact that they've had in their job so that they can translate that into the new company? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a tough question. So. <laughs> I always start off with the job descriptions first. I usually have them send me three to five job descriptions and I think, okay, what story are we trying to tell? Because before we know what story we're telling, there's no point in having a conversation if we don't know what we're trying to get to. So I figure out, usually per job, I read the resume before, I figure out, you know, which of these bullet points do I think there's a story behind? Where do I think there's alignment between their job and their resume? And we'll start from there. And then as they're talking, I start listening in to see how much, how many, how long did it take? What was the cost? How much did they save? The efficiency. There's so many different numbers. I think I made a video on this. I said, you have to, when you're writing your resume, pretend that you are like a toddler when they're like, why? Why is it like that? What is that? How come? Why? It's really about breaking it down into that almost redundant structure. You don't have to leave it like that on your resume, but when you're brainstorming, thinking about what are some of the things that I find obvious about this that I could just write down? And then eventually the numbers will come. And not everything needs to have a number. You can have impact without a number, but I strongly urge you to find one. <laughs> so just really sitting down and asking yourself, what metrics could I possibly include in here? 
And when I was doing a talk at a university the one time, one of the students, she said, well, right now I work in customer service. I think she was a waitress. And so I said, what do you want to go into? And she was uh, studying Japanese. So I think she wanted to be a translator or uh, she wanted to work at some company where she'd be handling large volumes of customers. And so she said, but I work in serving. That has nothing to do with it. And I said, how many customers do you work with? What rating have you gotten? How many sales did you make? And she was like, well, I had all these customers and all this stuff. And then I said, okay, and what about that job would you be doing? How many customers do you think that you'd have? And it was like a one-to-one. And I was like, you have those skills. You have to allow yourself to believe that you're a fit for the job first. I think that's honestly a big first step too. Yeah, that's usually where the key is, right? Like issue spotting sometimes when having those conversations because sometimes you have your head in the sand where you're having to do your day-to-day and you think that it's so mundane, that it makes no sense. I don't know the metrics. I don't know how much money I saved. I don't know what was the result of that project because my manager never told me. And so sometimes asking those questions, putting your coach hat on as the writer, it's like the light bulb moment. Like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But the person needs to be open-minded. Oh yeah, absolutely. I used to tell clients in the beginning of the call, I would say, Pretend you're talking to someone that has literally no idea (laughs) what your job is. Pretend you're like at dinner with your grandma and she just is not tracking what you do. (laughs) That's the level you need to break it down at. So then you can kind of start to put the pieces back together and tell a cohesive story that works for that job. Yeah. Or like my immigrant Hispanic parents, they have been at this for 10 years. They still have no idea what I do. My poor blue collar (laughs) dad is like, I don't. I just don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean you work from home? (laughs) It's a foreign concept. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It completely doesn't make sense. So yeah, explain it to someone like that. (laughs) And your resume will be in good shape. Absolutely. But even if you don't have, because I do want people to understand that this is something that they can also do and exercise this muscle. You can utilize AI to help you with this. I hate to say that you can write your bullet points with AI because I don't think that we're there yet. But you can have questions. You can have prompt questions to have AI help you ask you these questions so that you can come up with the right bullet points. The reason why I don't believe that ChatGPT can write your resume for you is because if you're having issues yourself as a person to come up with (laughs) what it is that you did, the computer won't do it for you. Trust me. Like, it's just not there yet. So I've had people ask me, like, do you believe that ChatGPT can write this for me? I personally believe it cannot. Not yet. Because only you know what you do day to day. Only you know how you do your job and how you do it well. What are the things that people are telling you? What are people coming for you for every single day? Only you can answer those questions. However, sometimes we do need the help of like being prompted by certain questions to know how to get those answers. So if you don't have somebody that you trust, if you don't have somebody that know how to ask you these questions, if you don't have the money right now to invest in somebody to help you do this, I think that you can ask ChatGPT to ask you these questions like, hey, like, act as a resume writer and ask me good questions to come up with good bullet points. And that way you can help yourself to do this because I know sometimes you can just feel stuck and don't know how to come up with this good bullet points. A formula that can help the listeners, and let me know if you agree with this, Morgan, is the XYZ formula from Google. And I can link, there's a a website that Google has that's accessible for everybody is essentially what you did, how you did it, and what was the impact. So the what plus the how equals the impact. 
And I know that it can sound very abstract sometimes for people, but and not all the bullet points need to have these three things because not always is it going to work out this way. But it's essentially a formula of writing out a sentence that has three components. So tell me, what was the responsibility that you were doing? How did you go about doing that thing? And what was the result of it? That's usually what I go about when I'm writing my own resume. But let me know, like, if that's usually the process that you go through and how do you explain it to your clients? Yeah, so you said the XYZ formula and I was like, I think I've heard of that. But then you said, what did you do? How did you do it in the impact? We use that in Indeed. It was called the WHO format. So instead of the I, it was just the outcome. My bullet points have all started to follow a pretty rigid formula. <laughs> Lately, I think I'm finally getting in the groove where I can really knock them out pretty quickly. I usually start off with something like, developed XYZ, where it's the number, starting off with the number, at least keeping that number in the first half of the bullet point, just so it's eye-catching and it's there really quickly. So combining that kind of with what you did, and then I say by doing example one, example two, example three. So kind of three key phrases or three actions that you took that also relate back to the job description that you're applying for. Mm, I love that. So the whole formula, so the what, the how, and the outcome. Love that acronym. I'm always I'm always uh, trying yeah. to come up with acronyms to remember things, but I'm horrible <laughs> I know, at that. It was the same as XYZ, so now I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm always horrible at that. So thank you for giving me that. I might actually add oh, that to a YouTube video that I'm trying to create. And I was trying to come up with oh, like, perfect. how do I say that in a way that's going to stick? I just don't yeah. know. <laughs> there was another one. I just finished my resume certification and there was one, I think they called it CAR. I think it was Challenge Action Result. Yes. But obviously car. that didn't stick as well as who, so I <laughs> reverted back to the who format. <laughs> yeah. I use car for my interview preparation because... Oh, yeah. This, I like that better than star. Yeah. So I was going to say, <laughs> star is way too long, especially because I tend to be a little bit long-winded. And when I was prepping with star, I was like, this is too much. Like, I was just going to be talking for five minutes. Like, it's just too much for me to remember. And so car, I like car because it's, you know, the circumstances, actions, and results. And then I started to add an L at the end. So Carl, like, what were their learnings? Especially if it's like a situation where it was, how do you handle stress? Or when was the time that you failed? Things like that. I think adding the learnings is also helpful. But anyways, we digress. I, I do <laughs> I do want to talk briefly about the skills section because this is something else that I have a huge pet peeve for. And people constantly do this. I want to say that 95% of resumes that I see have a laundry list of skills so, bulleted. Yeah. And especially soft skills. Because if it's hard skills, I feel like I can give them a pass. But soft skills are a pet peeve of mine if people just list them out. I'm a huge fan of the show and don't tell when it comes to soft skills. So how were you going about that when you first started at Indeed and kind of giving people some feedback on how to implement those on their resumes? Oh, my opinion on the skills section has probably changed more <laughs> than anything else. I think when I started at Indeed, I was like, oh, great. They're a good communicator. <laughs> but we went through their training and I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's not what we're supposed to use. Okay. So I started steering away from the generic phrases and I would advise them to pick something unique to the job description. Unfortunately, a lot of times the job descriptions also include those soft skills, which I don't understand. I think companies need to get it together because if they want candidates to be short and quick and they want this process to move faster, their job descriptions should be shorter and more concise. And then I really didn't like any skill section there for a while. And then I started reviewing, uh, I forget the organization's name that does my resume certification, but they had a lot of videos on 
different ways to format the resume from a lot of different professionals. And I actually really liked that they had the core competency section. It was always really focused on, I even hesitate to say hard skills. So I'm working on someone in training and design. So it's like curriculum development, program management, e-learning design, virtual facilitation, things that are concrete, like, can you do this or can you not? (laughs) Because communication isn't a yes or no, it's kind of on a scale. Can you design a course or can you not? So that's what I like that section for. And then I usually do at the bottom of the resume, I'll do a technical skills section if they're not in STEM. Um, So then any programs or websites that they use, I'll put that at the bottom of the resume. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your content and who do you create content for and the reason why you do it. With that tied into like the best advice that you think you've given on there and the best learnings that you've had from TikTok. Oh, gosh, best learnings. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) do not make fun of Dave Ramsey (laughs) people will get really really mad at you (laughs) I've learned that people really enjoy series that's the one thing that has consistently over and over again every time I introduce a series everyone's like (gasps) so I think it honestly taught me a lot from because my background is org development like a training and a micro learning perspective I think this is kind of going off topic but I think it's amazing that With TikTok, Gen Z has kind of gone to a micro-learning system, even if they're not doing it at work. I remember learning about micro-learning in grad school, and I was like, that is so stupid. (laughs) No one's ever going to do that. So I find it really interesting that we don't really like trainings at work, but then we're so interested to do it on TikTok. Mm. And I think that comes from my other point. I have recently started leaning more into the fact that I am an elder Gen Z. So I try to talk more about some of those differences. And of course, all those lovely articles that they love to write about us in the news. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So I would like to do that. Those are all great learnings. I'd like to do rapid fire with you, if you're okay with that. (laughs) Lay it on me. Biggest career pet peeve. Ooh, biggest career, like in my career or just anyone's career? In general. My first thought, this might be a little bit too on the nose, but it's micromanagers. <laughs> ah. <laughs> first that popped into my head and I tried to think of another one, but nope, didn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all hate that. And can you define what that means for you? I think for me, that is, and maybe this is just the way I work. I really like having time to myself to think and process. I've been talking about this on LinkedIn because people are always talking about that interview question of, Do you have any pause about my candidacy? Mm. And I always say that I, my brain doesn't think fast enough. (laughs) I can't come up with a good response. I'll respond to you. It won't be a good response. And I'm the same way at work where I can't, I need some time to reflect on things. So I think to me, a micromanager is someone who's checking in so consistently that I don't have time to think and that I don't have time to get creative. That's another big pet peeve. I like to get creative with my work. So if I can't do that, it's a no-go. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best career advice you've received? Ooh, I feel like when I was in grad school, there were so many good pieces of career advice. Honestly, one that sticks out is actually from undergrad. It was take the business cards that you get. This was when we were doing more in-person stuff and write down where you met them, three things they talked about. So that if you need to reach out to them again in the future, you can easily find it. And I think that just goes along with networking like crazy. (laughs) I love that. And what's one piece of advice that you want everybody to walk away from in this podcast as they listen to it? Stop using two-column resumes. Yeah. <laughs> and stop <laughs> using the white text pack. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Please. 
I could do a long list of stop doing this. <laughs> and please do not lie on your resume. On Yeah, no lying. No lying, please. Don't lie for your own sake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Morgan, thank you so much for being on the show. How can we find out more about you? What are you up to and how can we work with you? I am at Resume Official on TikTok. Um, Unfortunately, I'm at Resume Official 101 on Instagram because someone would not give up the handle. Um, And then if you need to reach out to me via email, it's just morgan at resumeofficial.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Great. And how can we work with you? Tell us about what you're offering. Oh, yeah. So I have a couple different services. Usually what people like to do is they reach out to me first and send me their resume and just say, hey, here's my budget. Here's what I'm kind of hoping for. Can you tell me what uh, would be a good fit? So all of my services kind of fall into three buckets. I have uh, my templates. Each one of those comes with two different variants. So no matter what fields you need in your resume, you'll be able to see an example of what that looks like. I think that's a great option. I'm surprised more people don't use that option. (laughs) And then the second bucket, I have different types of resume reviews. And then the third option is a full-blown rewrite. Most people don't need these. Usually if you're a career changer, if you've got like a really complex work history. And then I do that on a sliding scale. So you can reach out and see where you fall because I don't want to overcharge you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that and all your amazing wisdom. We're so excited to have had you here as a guest. And everybody, if you have any questions, remember to just go to the show notes. All of the links and resources will be there. Morgan, thank you so much for being thank so generous. So thank you for having me. Of yeah. course, anytime. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.